Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have a ton of news to cover with the latest adventure uh, coming out. I'm going to be talking about that. There's going to be plenty of spoilers as well as a deep lore dive as to what's going on in Sea of Thieves. We also got episode six of the official podcast from rare themselves i'm going to be diving into that their philosophy with adventures and mysteries and there was a lot of information that came from that that i want to touch on because i think it's really going to tell the story about what is going to happen in sea of thieves this coming year mike chapman's excited joe needs hitting buttons and we're getting into this right now so sit back relax let's get into this but before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they're the ones that are supporting me over on patreon.com forward slash Keelhauled podcast. So thank you to People's Republic, Elcute, Slum, Captain Hasco, Chateau Neuf, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Captain Vane, Trickster, Jabaro5, Kazi of the Rogue, King Flameheart, Lumpy SRQ, Ocarian Darth, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus. Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Registella, Norwegian, Skinny Matt, Scum Melt 666, Strange Stan, Tarnished Film, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Uriel Canes, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Murphy Lives, Neon, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support and for giving me as much love as you possibly can it is helping with uh the ticket to sot fest um and i'm looking to see if i can get this all taken care of soon so i can uh just verify that and i'm hoping I'm hoping that there's a chance that we can do a podcast live with Q&A there. So if you're interested in that, we've got an SOT Fest channel in the Discord right now. You can head over there and talk with other folks that are going. Uh, I know Big Bad Pad just ordered a whole bunch of temporary keelhauled tattoos, which look amazing. And I'm going to have to figure out how to thank him for that. So thank you all for your support. Let's get into this episode. All right, so... I have to I have to sound the warning meow right now. So that's it right there. If you guys don't know, this is the warning klaxon for spoilers. If you haven't done Adventure 2, there's not much time left. You better get on that because we are down to the last week. It is going away. You want to make sure you're going out and doing it. I have some thoughts about the actual implementation, and I want to get into that. I want to talk about the actual adventure before we get into any of the spoilery stuff as far as like the lore goes, because... Boy, howdy, there is a lot going on with this. And if I don't talk about it now, it's going to feel really weird when we get into the next adventure in the future. And I want to make sure I talk about all of this so you have a, an, an idea of what the heck is going on in Sea of Thieves because there's been a lot of little things that you may have missed. All right, so let's take this from the top. Right out of the bat, you're going to get out of the tavern and you're going to run over to Lorena. Lorena is then going to tell you to head over to Golden Sands Outpost where you need to speak with Belle. Once you get to Belle, she's going to let you know that the inhabitants of Golden Sands Outpost have been taken to the sea forts that are now in the Sea of Thieves and you're going to have to go and rescue them, all of them. She's going to give you actually a, uh, a quest map that is actually going to tell you to use 
the map table to locate Flameheart's fortresses. Uh, then you have to go and defeat the jailer and recover the key to the prison. Free the prisoners and speak to them to learn more about what's going on. Once you've cleared a fort in each of the regions of the sea, you'll then want to bring an enchantment vessel uh, that you find inside the actual jail cell and then return back to Bell once you've learned what you, what's been going on. So a couple things right off the bat. Um, there's some RNG involved with this actual thing that has caused some issues with the actual sea forts uh first off the fact that these are called flame hearts fortresses is something that is kind of new to me like we knew that flame heart was involved with bringing them in and that there's a deal and i'll get a little bit into that with the actual lore because i did go back to some previous stuff from rare to actually to uncover some interesting facts about that a little hindsight that i liked uh but let's talk about the fact that you have to go around to the different uh, sea forts. There's six in the world and two are in each of the three different seas of the main original map. Uh, Devil's Roar, again, being left out because it is kind of hard mode and it's a little far. They've just haven't figured out what to do with that yet. So speaking to the sea forts, uh, the Phantom Jailer is a character that is from the actual cinematic which i loved i really did enjoy the cinematic altogether uh, but it's someone that spawns right away and once you kill them they drop the key which is great because then you can run down and actually do that you don't actually have to clear the fort to be able to speak to the different people and there's a problem that i have with this because of the three different ones that you have to visit Every single fort has three inhabitants of Golden Sands Outpost in these sea fort jails. One of them is always going to be Wanda with an O. That's the biggest trouble right now. You have to speak to all nine of them to be able to get the uh, memento for this. The RNG that it takes to find the, the different inhabitants is completely random. It doesn't, you never know which one you're going to get in the jail cells except for Wanda. Uh, when you sail up to these so it's always hard to tell so a lot of people have been going there looking in the actual jail cell if it's not there they'll either kill the jailer get the vessel or they'll talk to who they need to and then leave the rest of the fort there which means you've got all of these half done forts where people are just trying to find the last few people that they need i know a lot of people needed uh hugh hugh seemed to be um not only the grumpiest and, and least considerate uh which I can understand they're a gold hoarder that's their bag uh but many other people had a lot of trouble finding the last couple people that they needed based on this rng i think cecil was the last one that i needed and i was really happy when i finally found him because then i was able to uh actually finish up this memento and get my title the thing that i did like about this is that one of the characters is actually a trans character going by the pronouns they them this is fresh and new for sea of thieves and it's it kind of speaks as a testament to the culture at rare they have always been very inclusive not only with uh the the gay pride that they have with the flags when they first came out when they introduced the alliance system back in the first year uh, but also now with the transgender community uh having players in sea of thieves be representative of the actual community that they have in the game and in the community or i think i said that backwards you guys know what i mean <laughs> so the problem with the the adventure that i have right now is uh, a small one and that is just that the RNG around who is in the actual prison cells are causing players to not fully complete a lot of these sea forts. Uh, and because of that, 
you're having people running around and not doing them, which is causing issues with people coming behind them to pick up the new refresh of the actual things. And we're getting all of these jail cells, which the jail cells alone are things that you can't uh, you can't predict. The the keys that you get from the jailer can't be used on other sea forts and the enchantment vessels, which speaking of, we had a nice discussion on uh, Saturday sale with Davram. Uh, we, we found out that enchantment vessel is a noun and a noun, not like an adjective, like enchanting or enchanted or enchantment. Um, the enchantment vessel itself is, is two nouns. Sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, so it's a noun noun as I'm referring to them now. And the thing with these noun nouns is that you can only turn them into bell, which kind of makes sense. And I'll explain why. The trouble with the dark relics is that there's only one dark relic and it's the enchantment vessel that is in the actual gel cell. Well, the Order of Souls have these in their tents already. So I'm very confused about how enchantment vessels are important to the situation going on right now when every single Order of Souls tent has one open. Uh, so it's it's a little interesting. It's a little confusing given that we had Dark Relics before uh, back in 2000, I think 20, I think 2020 was the year when we had the monthly uh, the monthly cadence of content and we got the one month where we had to go and actually get the dark relics and they had little effigies and that was kind of it was just it was cool anyway moving on I don't know why the enchantment vessel or the noun noun is uh, something that we are getting for bell you can't turn these into the order of souls which would make sense given that they know what to do with them and they could probably just give them to bell and you can't turn them into the reaper's bones because well we're trying to get them away from the reaper's bones but there's a lack of agency here there's a lack of uh of agency for the players which i think is something that they really have been talking a lot about especially as i go into this next community uh, or this next official podcast episode there was a lot of emphasis going on with players having agency having the uh hold on let me look up my notes and see what they said these were um oh gosh where did i write it do 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 they were looking to make sure that they had community decision points. That's what the 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 the, the word the wordage that they had is they wanted to make sure that they found these community decision points, these junction points for the community to decide where we were going to impact the future of Sea of Thieves, which I think is a big miss when we're taking a look at the first or the second adventure, technically. And we're being told to get these noun nouns and either give them to Bell or give them to the Reaper's Bones. But when you can't turn them into the Reaper's Bones, it takes away a portion of that agency that they are so keen on talking about, giving us control of the story to an extent. Allow us to decide, do we want to support Flameheart? Do we want to give them to the Servant of Flame? Do we want to actually give them to Bell to prevent the rituals from happening? These are the types of decisions that may seem like they're innocuous. They don't make sense or, or they don't they don't really play a factor into the uh, into the actual story. But it is a small narrative choice that is given to the players to let them understand 
what they're doing with the objects that they're given and how they plan on supporting the areas that they want. It doesn't matter if they turn it into the Reaper's Bones or if they turn it into Bell. You'll get the same gold regardless. But it is the narrative role, the narrative choice that we are making to either support Flameheart or support Bell in these endeavors that really makes a difference when you're looking for these uh, these these community narrative points, these pivot points, these these. Uh, oh gosh, I forgot what they said. Let me go back to my notes. What do they call them? The uh, burr, 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 junction points. Okay, so I'll get into the junction points later on. I, I definitely want to touch on that, but I, I at least wanted to address a small bit of the adventure part two or a, the second adventure as to how we're doing this. So once you get past the fact that the outpost uh, vendors are based on RNG and that you have to run around a whole bunch of them to try and find out like who's where and try and get them all so that you can get the jailer's sword which is cool i do like it and the memento for the uh for the for the title to actually let people know like hey by the way i was there during adventure two i got the title that let me know that i saved the, the vendors from golden sands outpost and have that memory um memory is an interesting thing i think i'll get into in a little bit too when we start to dive into the lore but once you do that uh, once you actually complete the adventure, and there's a little bit of bugginess too with it too. So if you get to back to Bell after completing all of the things, and when you look at the actual, uh, when you look at the actual uh, a list of things that you have to do for Bell, they will get crossed off as you start doing these. So if you haven't done this already, the first one is just defeat a phantom jailer and recover their key. Should be pretty easy. Doesn't take a whole lot to kill them. The second one is free the prisoners, speak to speak with them to learn more. That's easy. Clear a fort in each of the, the regions of the sea. That is one where you definitely want to make sure that you go and hit one of each of the different ones. That'll help just kind of get uh, each of the the different vendors so you can talk to them hopefully you get good in rng and you don't run into the same one after a while and then the last one is to bring any enchantment vessel you find or the noun nouns once you turn in the noun noun and you get the 1k gold for it, or a little bit over that bell will start going into a bit of dialogue she'll start to kind of give some exposition onto how to get to the next adventure so i want to read that off uh, so that you kind of know what's going on there is one key part that i want to talk about this um before i get into that so this was all pretty kind of straightforward you should already know this is what's going to happen just if you looked at the actual adventure tab in the in the actual ui you could find this all out very easily it's not too big of a spoiler and again you should already be done with this but i'm going to let you know right now this is where i'm going to be speaking on spoilers for the rest of the episode so if you haven't done it go do it real quick get it out of your system come back and listen to the rest of this podcast because after this point right now I'm going to be doing spoilers. So let's talk about the the confirmation dialogue for completing the adventure. When you complete the adventure, and it has it in big bold letters, and I'm glad that they that they changed up the verbiage on this so you don't accidentally redo it because of the, the way that it's done. It says complete adventure. Wanda with an O mentioned Flameheart has an ancient held captive. Very interesting dialogue here. Wanda mentioned Flameheart has an ancient held captive. I want to understand who the ancient is or how he even found an ancient given the time frame that we're in right now. Must be a memory, must be something that can be bent to his will. And I'll get into why in a little bit later. So the completion dialogue says, Wanda mentioned Flameheart has an ancient held captive. And that kind of gets us into the little speech that Bell has. So Bell says, 
you have saved the souls of Golden Sands, and they will return in due course. With the dark relics found, and the, the fog will soon lift, though it does seem to linger over Golden Sands. Souls. Wanda, in Wanda with an A. Ancients. How could I have been so foolish? The forts are only the beginning. Flameheart is seeking the Veil of Ancients, an artifact capable of breaking down the barrier between the Sea of Thieves and the Sea of the Damned. Last I heard, it was in the belly of the Pale Beast. I know how to call it, but who is capable of Merrick? I must speak to Merrick. As soon as I have everything in order, I will find you again. This is all verbatim, by the way. So let's kind of break down what's going on here. We figured out what was going on with the Order of Souls uh, inhabitants. We rescued them. We found them. We found the noun noun, which she's referring to as the dark relics, which are, which are things you can find in the Order of Souls tents, which are things that are we probably got for them now that I think about it. But I think they already had them. But we already got dark relics uh, back in the past, so they should already have a whole bunch. Thanks to all the stuff that Duke made us do. Uh, may he uh, may he he find what's given to him in the future. I don't know. Anyway, uh, how could I have been so foolish? And she's talking about souls. Wanda Ancients. And actually, you know, I feel like I should go back and take a look at the actual dialogue there and see if I can find out if it was something that was Wanda with an A or Wanda with a uh, Wanda with an O. Um, so I'll, I'll find out here in a quick second because uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Flameheart has taken the inhabitants of Golden Sands outpost. He is seeking a new right hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, what? I forgot about this. Um, so this is uh, when you complete the actual second part where you actually meet up with Bell. Uh, Bell actually gives a little bit of exposition too. So let me pause on this and then I'll go into that. Flameheart has taken the inhabitants of Golden Sands. He is seeking a new right hand and Wanda's sister. <sighs> but just like her sister, she is stubborn. Ba -ba 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 -ba. The people are little more than pawns in her game. Should she continue to refuse him, he will have his phantom jailers dispose of them. The forts are here, I fear for the souls that are trapped within. So it's pretty straightforward that he was liking the idea of having Wanda the Warsmith as his right-hand uh, cohort. I won't say man, woman. Uh, so he is seeking a new version of that, but it's weird that he's decided to go with another Wanda, which is, I, I guess, maybe as retaliation against uh, Wanda with an A, saying that uh, that she would no longer help him. So going with going for Wanda with an O kind of makes sense in this instance. Uh, so I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of break away from that. Um, but I do want to talk on uh, whether or not it was Wanda with an A or Wanda with an O. So let me let me find that real quick. Um, it was yeah okay. So yeah, it was Wanda with an O. Souls Wanda with an O. Ancients. So we get a little bit of information about why uh, why Flameheart is doing this, and I and I have to concede because I hate the idea of this, but I do, I am willing to now say that the Servant of Flame is in fact Flameheart Jr. doing the bidding of his father. Um, and the reason I say that is because Flameheart's fortresses are the things that we are seeking out in this. And we know that the uh, Servant of Flame has referred to uh, the biddings that he has for his father. At this point, it seems to be very apparent that that's what's going on. I didn't want to accept it. I've been fighting against it for a while, but I'm willing to concede on this point that it, it is, in fact, the uh, the Flameheart Jr. in this instance. 
Um, so going back to kind of what we were talking about, how could I be so foolish? The forts are only the beginning, uh, according to Bell. Uh, Flameheart is seeking the Veil of Ancients, an artifact capable of breaking down the barrier between the Sea of Thieves and the Sea of the Damned. This is something that we have known for a while. If you've seen the the, the firework, you recognize the shape. Uh, if you watch the Ord stream or the Orb stream, then you'll remember the actual... Um, stream that they had uh where they actually had the veil on there if you've watched the trailer videos you've seen that the veil attaches to your ship and the pirate lord shows up on your ship and you have to go find the crack the, the the not the kraken the crystals to empower it all of these things kind of culminating into one thing uh but here's the rub so Back when we got uh, the December, December stream with uh, the the kind of uh, the tavern with all the decorations and it was like a it was one of those kind of Yule log videos, but it had all the little hints and teases and we got the four different uh, cuts to the Reaper's hideout where uh, we had someone who we found out was uh, Flameheart Jr. I'll just I'll just call him Flameheart Jr. from now on. Um was talking to us and giving us very kind of uh, coded messages. Obviously, they were trying to do a lot of teases with this. So I wanted to kind of go back to those while we're still keeping in mind the Veil of Ancients and its location. Because um, as as we got into the discussion with Belle at the end of Ancient uh, Adventure 2, she says... Uh, souls, Wanda, ancients. How could I have been so foolish? The forts are only the beginning. Flameheart is seeking the veil of uh, the veil of the ancients, an artifact capable of breaking down the barrier between the Sea of Thieves and the Sea of the Damned. Last I heard, it was in the belly of the pale beast. That's where I have a problem with it. So let's let's go back. Let's go back to December. Twitch stream teaser number two. This was kind of interesting. I went back and I pulled the uh, verbatim from from Flameheart Junior from this, and he says. Uh, memories can be harnessed and focused, bent to your will, meaning Flameheart Sr. Um, he's talking about the soldiers, the Spanish soldiers uh, there. They can be harnessed and focused. The forts are harnessed. They are focused. They are brought into Sea of Thieves. They can be bent to your will. They can be bent to Flameheart's fortresses. Memories can be powerful allies and accursed weapons. The The Spanish soldiers are just that. The accursed weapon could potentially be the Veil of the Ancients. Bring your forts of stone and bow to the blade of flame. This is literally just talking about sea forts. And the fact that it, it took me this long to kind of go back and think about like what was told in those streams and how does it correlate to what's going on now? It is it is 2020 hindsight now to understand exactly what they were talking about. So it's kind of cool to, to kind of go back to listen to this because it's all coming true. We're seeing everything come true. Now we go into the third teaser from that orb stream and Flameheart Jr. says, found at last the relic of the ancients. He's talking about the veil of ancients passing between worlds in the in a belly of gold now this is where i have a problem with this because there's a conflict here there's already a belly of gold and that was the vault where the gold hoarder was up in tribute peak during the shores of gold tall tales we all i i totally 100 thought that the veil of the ancients is in the belly of the gold 
with the Gold Hoarder, who is part of the Dark Brethren, who Flameheart is trying to go against. That is not the case. That is not what is going on here, because now we have Bell referring to the Veil of the Ancients, which again, found at last the Relic of the Ancients, passing between worlds in the Belly of Gold, was what came from the Orb Stream. When you go to do Adventure 2 and you speak to Bell, she says, how could I have been so foolish? The forts are only the beginning. Flameheart is seeking the Veil of the Ancients, an artifact capable of breaking down the barrier between the Sea of Thieves and the Sea of the Damned. Last I heard, it was in the belly of the Pale Beast. So we have two different things from Rare giving us differing ideas of what's going on. Now, there there could be a little leeway here. What is the possible leeway? It's what, from what I can tell, and, and the reason why I say what I'm saying is because of the, the next sentence that Bell says, I know how to call it, being a noun, uh, but who is capable of dot, 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 Merrick? I must speak to Merrick. Well, if any of you have been around since the beginning of Sea of Thieves, you know what's, what's going on here. From the original, uh, from the first adventure, the Hungering One, we met Merrick, and Merrick understood how to summon the Hungering One. He gave us a tune. Six men or six women or six pirates in general, or they, have to carry a tune to a specific spot to summon the Hungering One. Then you can defeat the Hungering One and go back to Merrick to get the uh, the drum as well as the figure and the, the set. It was the first, the first uh, kind of event that we got, and it was great. Really good considering how short of a time frame they had to be able to pump something out. So... When she speaks about, uh, last I heard it was in the belly of the pale beast. Then we go back to the orb stream and it says that the relic passes between worlds in a belly of gold. So there's a potential here to say that the shrouded, uh, the shrouded ghost, which is what I'm going to assume is what's going on here, is in fact a ghost that can pass between the shroud between our worlds, the veil between our worlds, and it's doing so using the veil of the ancients, maybe unknowingly to itself, it just knows it can do that, which might explain why it is such a rare occurrence in Sea of Thieves, kind of a weird way to kind of look at the actual um, the actual probability of finding it and tying that to why it's so rare. And, and it has to do with the fact that it goes between the actual realms of the Sea of the Damned and the Sea of Thieves. Really kind of a cool way to kind of retcon some of that choice that came from Shrouded Spoils. Uh, Shrouded Spoils being, of course, the uh, update that came at the fall or winter of uh, 2018 when they introduced uh, the roaming skeleton ships as well as the different colored megs and added commendations to Athena's fortune that allowed you to uh, hunt down the different megalodons and kill them to get different titles. So the Shrouded Ghost, you have to kill three times to be able to get the final title for that. You kill it once, or actually, I don't know if there's a final title because I've never seen one. Uh, but you do get the Hunter of the Shrouded Ghost for killing it one time for sure. And I think you can kill it up to three or five times uh, to complete that commendation. I can't, I, I've never seen it, so I can't tell you. And I don't know anyone that's completed it, so I can't refer to that. I've only heard of people, I think Spammels has killed it three times, but I, I'm not sure about that. Essentially, it's just a really hard thing to do. But sticking to the adventure, not trying to get too sidetracked here, it is clear that based on the Twitch stream that Flameheart Jr. knows that the veil is in the Shrouded Ghost. And going to the Adventure 2, we now know that Belle knows how to call it, her words, but who's capable of 
Merrick, which means that if they are trying to get the Veil of the Ancients, they have to kill the Shrouded Ghost, which if that's the case, this is going to be very interesting because the Shrouded Ghost has always been lauded after as like one of the hardest titles to get in the game because it's all RNG based. There's no way to summon the ghost. You can, you can, you know, pray to Rare, you can pray to Joni, you can get his face tattooed on your, on your hind quarter if you want, but it doesn't mean you're going to get the Shrouded Ghost. Uh, in fact, I think the, the current idea is, is that the probability is at its best for new pirates because they haven't killed anything. They haven't, they've gotten into the game. So their RNG is, 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 uh, fresh. Their probability is fresh. Uh, I don't know how true that is. Only rare knows how true that is. They claim that, that the shrouded ghost is something that is killed on a daily basis, multiple times by different people across the world. It's hard to know what the numbers are on that. They won't give us the numbers on that, but if this is the case, it feels like Adventure 3 will have us meeting up with Merrick and Bell to summon and kill the Shrouded Ghost, which just seems absolutely bat crazy. I, I can't, I, I, you know, bat crazy. Oh no, I didn't even, I didn't even do it. Sorry. Just seems absolutely bat crazy. It really does because it's a title that's been in the game for three years close to three years that not everyone gets so if if this the, if this is the case is rare just going to give everyone the opportunity to kill it at least once because that's that's crazy to me but but again if you kill it once there's like three bilge rat things that are tied to the shrouded ghost that if you kill it at least once we'll check off that commendation for everyone, which if, if everyone gets to kill it at least once, I am 100% okay with that because there are there there have been so many times where I've been sitting there looking at shrouded spoils and how it isn't complete because I haven't found the shrouded ghost and I can't kill it to be able to check off the shrouded spoils commendations that have been in the game since 2018. So if this is really going to happen, I'm 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 I not only is it bat crazy, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm here for this. So I'm ready. I think it's going to be really cool, but I, but we have to wait and see. So the, the one thing that I just, I have such a problem with is, is just the continuity error that I feel like is going on. And the only thing that I can say in my mind that says that this is intended is, is that in the belly of the shrouded ghost, there's going to be a lot of gold or that it is gold inside. So I don't know. I don't see us going inside it. I don't see that being a thing. That would be really crazy. That'd be really cool. That'd be like some, some, uh, Pinocchio kind of, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean type stuff with Kraken and whatnot. Uh, but that, that would be kind of crazy, but I wanted to get back to the Twitch stream because I'm, I'm getting sidetracked with the excitement here. The uh, third teaser for the orb stream where Flameheart Jr. is speaking to us uh, at the Fort or no, at the Reaper's Bones hideout says, found at last the relic of the ancients passing between worlds in the belly of gold. I'll ignore that for now. The hunter is broken and his ship is no more. No more. It is ours father. This is a very interesting thing. The thing that I am speaking to, which I think is, is very I think it's really cool is because we found out about this and we had our ideas about what's going on. But with Adventure 2, we finally find out that the Hunter is Broken is speaking to Merrick. It is speaking to him giving up his hunting life 
settling for the hunter's call, settling to bring his family into the Sea of Thieves and to have them operate the sea posts as the hunter's call, fishing and getting uh, meats and other weird stuff. The hunter is broken. He's no longer hunting. His ship is no more. The killer whale. The killer whale was a wreck that was at the island where the, where the Reaper's hideout was being crafted for years. And as I understand it, part of his ship, if not all of it, was used in the crafting of of the reaper's hideout so his ship is no more and it is ours father is directly referencing how his ship the the hunter's ship is no longer in his control and that most of it was used to create the reaper's uh the reaper's bone hideout i don't know why or how because his ship uh, for, for all intents and purposes is a green ship we have the livery set so but i don't see any of that on the actual uh hunter or the actual reaper's bone so i'm not sure how much of it was used in in actuality well I, I well that remains to be seen so if that's if that's true then we'll probably see it at some point and i've got some theories on on maybe where we'll see it um finally we will break the seals and going back to the uh, verbiage that was at the twitch orb stream for the third teaser finally we will break the seals and the reaper's chest will open the soul flames will burn once more and weaken the veil between this is referencing the soul flame captains who i thought was a enemy that was going to be coming until Plans changed and they made it into a costume for a Halloween event as opposed to now, which we know is actually an enemy that I think they intended at an earlier time. Tides will turn once the relic is ours. I think this is them speaking to uh, them getting control of the relic and having everyone realize just how powerful the Flameheart fleet is. Memories into bones will into iron souls into life you will arise into a new pirate life as our king of a new dawn they're talking about turning the reaper or the uh the the um oh my gosh the reaper's chests into soul flame enemies into soul flame captains flameheart has these ghostly fleets he needs he needs them captained he needs them captained by soul flame captains so the reaper's chests that are getting turned in are turning into his army right now which i think is going to be very important when i discuss a little bit uh, why with demarco so you will arise into a new pirate life as our king of a new dawn that is essentially talking about how uh and i want to and i want to stick on new dawn because in the future i want to talk about demarco and a horizon his call to the, to the horizon but let's get into the fourth orb stream that i want to call back to because i think this is kind of interesting uh the the fourth orb stream teaser that we got was of someone drinking something and the reason why i think this is interesting is because on the actual load screen if you look at the load screen for sea of thieves it shows uh the the fort in one of the ancients uh ancient isles uh where it's all overgrown at the very top of the load screen you can look and see etched in the stone above the map table is a chalice i kid you not it is a chalice off to the right you'll actually see a megalodon jaw or a, or a shark jaw and then a small miniature ship of merrick's ship the killer whale in there if you look down in the bottom right you'll actually see the noun noun or the enchantment vessel if you look off to the left you'll see the compass and a map in uh that will show like that we've been using to get to golden sands outpost everything is tying together very nicely right now if you can't noticed but getting back to the twitch teaser orb stream the fourth one has someone drinking pirates for all eternity 
The curse is a gift. They will descend to claim it, then arise to a sea of bones. This is something that I think is very telling because we haven't seen anything about this. This is not hindsight. This is still speaking to the future. Pirates for all eternity is the motto of the Reaper's Bones. The curse is a gift. The curse is a gift. The chalice that Flameheart Jr. drank from turned him into a skeleton lord. He was then in contact with the captain who was mutinied by Flameheart Jr. The curse is a gift. They will descend to claim it, then arise to a sea of bones. They will descend to claim it. Every one of those Twitch streams has heard something latch open and raise up by chains. We know that the Reaper's Bones has had this uh, place, this center portion here, where there's been this orange or red glow coming out from it forever. And there is a, a doorway there that has never been opened. They will descend to claim it, then arise to a sea of bones. The curse is a gift to pirates for all eternity. This is literally speaking about how you will descend into Reaper's hideout. You will drink from the chalice. You will become cursed. You will become a pirate for all eternity. And you will arise as a skeleton captain to a sea of bones. Your comrades. Your comrades in arms. Your bony brothers. That sounded weird. Your gift will unite all pirates to true piracy. He's speaking about Flameheart's gift. They will drink, they will die, and they will live again to serve the fire. The fourth Twitch stream is teasing the new pirate legend faction, the Reaper's Bones faction, where you will be given the choice to become a Reaper's Bone. You will die, you will, you will drink, you will die, and then you'll come back to serve the flame. This is one of those points that I want to talk about when I get into the uh, sixth episode of the uh, official podcast, because it's very interesting that everything that has uh, come out of, of these Twitch streams, uh, of the Orb stream, has come true except for this last one. And it is this fourth teaser that I think is going to take us into the next season where we are getting um, some new content that I think is going to be very interesting. And I want to I want to double check something real quick. So give me a second. All right, I'm back. I've taken a look at what I wanted to take a look at. And I want to call attention to something that I think is going to be very interesting. The last Twitch stream, I say, is giving us the opportunity to become a Reaper's Bone pirate legend. We've seen we've seen the Dark Adventurer set. I think that's a tease into what they want to make with the Reaper's Bone stuff. And in Season 7, they say new ways to play and progress. Expanded roleplay and quest types are coming in Season 8. I think Season 7 and Season 8 that they are so excited about is going to finally give us the opportunity to progress in a new type of Reaper's Bones emissary reputation and that is going to be the pirate legend for flameheart we're going to have new ways to play by uh doing some interesting things but the progress is going to be progressing your way to pirate legend as flameheart's servant the expanded role playing quest types are going to be interesting to see where they do about that but i definitely feel like that's where we're going
Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer or you'd like to save money on games, it's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. Now that I've kind of given my feelings and my thoughts on where we're going to be going with uh with with the next adventure, I want to talk about DeMarco and the arena. Uh but some of that is going to have to wait because I have to kind of talk about it in conjunction with the episode six uh called Adventure Time, or what I'm calling uh Sacred Bins, um, from episode eight or episode six of the official podcast from Sea of Thieves. So Thank you to uh, John McFarlane and uh, Christina McGrath and Joni and Mike Chapman and Christopher Davies uh, for for joining us or for giving us this hour long dive into adventures as well as your feelings on it. Um, before I get away from the lore, I have to speak on this because this was a very interesting thing. Uh, we are we're, we're going to be given a, a choice. Um, much of this was talked about uh, in the episode. They basically wanted to give us an opportunity to have something that was going to have a cadence with each of the seasons. They wanted to have content that they were going to be able to, to spread out throughout the entire seasons. The adventures and the mysteries are kind of a way to keep people invested in this. And the reason why they're doing this instead of like the monthly events is because they're trying to tie in narrative to these, which is obviously something many of you have probably caught on to as we started getting into these adventures but the reason why we're doing the adventures is because they're trying to create something that reminds us of those first three big updates that came in the first year with the hungering deep curse sails and uh, forsaken shores those were three very memorable events and everyone remembers them because they had trailers they had characters and they opened up new opportunities and things to do in the game that had never been seen outside of the original quests they were very memorable so when they talk about coming into uh see thieves with adventures what they're trying to do is they're trying to do lore and narrative tied to events so that way there's a reason why we're doing stuff we're not just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff but we're doing stuff because it, it drives the story of sea of thieves forward which i love uh i really like that one of the things they spoke on was is that they're trying to do these so that it respects your time and that rewards are being tied to the adventure uh, as mementos and not a set because 
as much as I love sets, and trust me, I love sets, uh, sets are great when you bring in a brand new type of cosmetic, but mementos are something that you can look at and point to and say, I remember when I got that. I remember when I got my day one eye patch. I remember when I got my launch crew eye of reach. I remember when I got my obsidian uh, flintlock pistol. I remember when I got my fairy mint set. I also remember when I got my Captain Bones sword. I remember when I got my Briggsy's hat. Many things in the game are tied to memories of how I got them, which is the point of the cosmetics, not just the collecting of them. Sure, collecting is definitely a big part of everything for games. It's what we do. But many of these things are tied to memories of how we got them and what we felt during that time. How many of you remember getting the Pirate Lord's jacket? Some of you, maybe not all. How many of you who have it remember getting the Gold Curse after completing all of the original nine tall tales? Probably a lot of you because it was very important. How many of you actually remember getting the Pirate Legend title, clothing, and shanty? I would... I would wager anyone that has it probably remembers that. And why do we remember it? It's because it was a pivotal moment for us in the game. It was a story moment in the game. We did something that was interesting. And that's exactly why they're doing this as an adventure, as opposed to just putting the content in the game. You do a bunch of commendations and then you get your cosmetics and then that's it they're moving away from that they want to do this as a narrative because it, it relates it has an emotional tie which is the whole point of why i have a gigantic wall of plastic that looks like things from my childhood i love this and i think rare is onto something with this this goes back to something that i spoke about in previous episodes when i talked about wanting to have narrative and story throughout the entire season the way destiny 2 does it destiny 2 has an amazing way of having a cadence with their story week by week content unlocks the story progresses and you follow along each season to keep in touch with what's going on in the world or i guess in destiny 2's case multiple worlds because you fly around on a spaceship but in sea of thieves this is coming to us in the form of adventures and mysteries and i love this because what they are trying to do is they're trying to make sure that each narrative arc is roughly about three adventures told over the course of each story or each season, which is amazing. And I love that they are committing to having cinematics for each of these, which is a tall order and going to cost a fair amount of money. You literally have a entire studio dedicated to crafting uh, cinematics in game using their assets to be able to give us these cinematics and have them voiced for us so that we can have narrative coming all the time. One of the things that was teased about in this, uh, this actual episode, uh, which I think is amazing and I hope works out, is that video playback is something that they are looking to do on the front end of Sea of Thieves, which if you're not familiar with anything that I made sense, basically what they want to do is they want to take the videos that are available on YouTube and have those on the front end of the game when you log in. So that way, if you're not caught up with the story and that's something that you're interested in, they're looking for a way to actually embed the videos in the in the actual menus before you get into the actual uh, servers so that you can actually watch the story unfold in game, which I love because so many times people go out and they want to be able to keep up with the lore, with the story. And that's great if you're consuming everything around you, whether it be books, whether it be comics, whether it be RPG books 
uh, and, and lore tied to the to the RPG game, or whether you're watching streams and keeping up with that, or whether or not you're uh, uh, buying art books and things. There's so much lore in the game uh, that is is spread out amongst different mediums, and trying to keep up on that is tough. It's tough even for me, for someone who's trying to make a podcast about that kind of stuff, and to constantly try and remember every little detail is almost impossible, even for team members uh, for from Rare. So it's nice that they are looking to try and consolidate this stuff so that if folks jump in and they're behind by a couple adventures, they can sit down and watch five to 10 minutes worth of videos and get caught up on the narrative so they don't miss out because this is all time limited, which is something I know a lot of you love the word time limited, which I guess is two words. So you like that word and the word that goes after it. So I'm trying to gather my thoughts and see where I want to go from here. We were talking about adventures and the cadence. Uh, We were talking, something that I talked about was player agency, uh, player choice, and them trying to find out in times where they are planning out their next adventures, where they can look for these community junction points, these community decision points. And what they're talking about actually ties to giving the community agency over what happens in the Sea of Thieves, literally. And the key point here is Golden Sands Outpost. It is going to be up to us as a community to decide what happens to Golden Sands Outpost. One of the questions that went into the actual podcast was, what is going to happen to Golden Sands Outpost? Will it ever return to its previous glory? The team at Rare doesn't know because they're giving us that choice and they have preparations for both. And here is my theory. I'm going to lay this out in kind of a long way. So hopefully if you if you get lost, you can skip back a little bit, get caught up and try and listen to what's going on. I'm going to try and do this uh, without writing out an entire script. But Golden Sands Outpost is currently uh, laden with a fog that doesn't seem to want to lift, even though we've uh, brought back the now-nouns, the enchantment vessels, uh, to Bell, where the fog will then lift around the rest of the Sea of Thieves, except for this one place. And the reason being is because Rare wants to give us the opportunity to decide, can we redeem Golden Sands Outpost and bring it back to its former glory, or will it remain in its current state forever. Maybe not forever, but for the most part, forever. The one problem that I have with this doesn't actually relate to how I feel about Golden Sands Outpost being a lost tavern or a lost outpost for us to turn in in the the shores of plenty. I actually don't mind it staying the way it is right now. The one problem that I have with this is that there are actually player Easter eggs on this outpost that I fear will be lost to time. And I hope that they remain in the game regardless, whether they get moved somewhere else or if they remain here and people find out that they are there uh, on their own accord. I mean, if we're being honest, mine is the only one that you really can't find at any one set location. All of the other ones are in a set location that you can find throughout the world, but mine is the only one that you can only find by hunting down skeleton captains. Which, by the way, if you happen to find Captain Logan out there as a skeleton captain, let me know and send me a picture of it because I love seeing that stuff. 
So Golden Sands Outpost is something that is going to be up to us to decide if we want to redeem it back to its former glory, although it may not ever look exactly the same as how it used to, given the attack that came upon it, it will at least kind of look like what it used to back in the day. The thing that I wanted to touch on actually kind of falls in line with something that I noticed uh, recently. If you guys go back to the beginning of the season when uh, it happened, I think on March 10th, Arena closed down and many people noticed that with the arena closing a lot of the build rat, or not a lot of the build rats a lot of the sea dogs are now out of a job and if you listen to uh not last week's episode but i believe the one before that uh the third episode in march i talked about the maidens uh of sorrow i think is what i call them in amaranta uh being one of the masked strangers uh for the the group that was with wanda the warsmith and i went back and started to actually um go to the sea dog tavern and do some due diligence because i hadn't been there in a while i hadn't really talked to demarco or lissetti who if you if you're not familiar with demarco and lissetti they are actually siblings and they are the sing siblings uh these the, the uh, children of uh ramsey singh the pirate lord and the reason this is significant is because when you go to actually speak to them at sea dog tavern in the middle of the island or the middle of the map uh lissetti is very upset with her sister or with her brother because she was happy with the sea dog tavern and the arena uh and she represents the hardworking pirate the the person who if you read the comics um you'll you'll know this but for those that haven't read the four comics that that tie them to how they got to the sea of thieves uh they were in they were fighting against each other to try and claim the treasure that their father ramsey the pirate lord had left for them he gave them both two maps at a tavern where there was a unshot pistol with a pair hidden away and he told them to come to the sea of thieves to find his treasure uh, but to do it together well naturally them competing against each other uh they tried to do whatever they could to uh sabotage each other's um expedition to the sea of thieves to find the treasure long story short they ended up finding out what it was they ended up getting together and they ended up staying in the sea of thieves and creating the arena now that the arena is closed lissetti is upset at her brother because he shut it down and he takes full responsibility for this uh, but the thing is is that the reason why he took it uh took down the arena is not the reason that rare gave us which was obviously a development cost issue and a player investment issue uh, they made it into the lore in a very interesting way and uh, DeMarco uh, gives us a few prompts. And one of the prompts is, what will become of this place when we ask him? And he says, I have absolutely no idea. That's exciting, isn't it? To think of all the things this glorious tavern could one day become. He goes on to say, the attack on Golden Sands Outpost should remind pirates that nothing on these wild waters is a certainty. Gain and loss are just two sides of the coin. From here, I've watched the rise of the Reaper's Bones, witnessed Flameheart's return, and so much more. It's time I got back on the waters. A few of our number have already set sail for new adventures. Even Amaranta. It seems strange. I always thought she had a bit of a thing for me. The Maidens of Sorrow. Lost loves 
Wanda and Amaranta. Wanda wanted Flameheart. Amaranta may have wanted DeMarco. If this is the case, then the Maidens of Sorrow, which I don't know is actually the name of them. I'm saying this so much that I want Rare to just actually do it and make them the Maidens of Sorrow because it sounds honestly awesome to me. But I love the idea that if you go back and you, you take a look at what he said, I have absolutely no idea. That's exciting, isn't it? That is Rare speaking. Rare is saying they have no idea what is going to become of the Sea Dog Tavern. And it's it's exciting because they're going to be looking for a community point for us to decide. One of these junction points for us to decide what happens to the glorious tavern and what it could one day become. The attack on Golden Sands Outpost should remind pirates that nothing on these wild waters is a certainty. The uncertainty of Golden Sands Outpost returning to its former glory is up to the player base. We are the ones that are going to decide, do we want Golden Sands to be Golden Sands Outpost? Or maybe, do we want the new outpost to be the Sea Dog Tavern? They already have a ship mark or a ship right there. They've already got every single vendor that you could get at an outpost at Sea Dog Tavern. The only thing you can't do at Sea Dog Tavern is go inside the tavern. But wouldn't it be cool if one day you could go into that glorious tavern? That would be exciting, wouldn't it? So here is my call to pirates. If you're listening to this, I want you to help make this decision happen. I want you to respect the attack that happened on Golden Sands Outpost and try not to, to do something that would wash away the pain and the travesty that happened as a result of Captain Flameheart. I want you to vote when it comes time, you pirate legends out there, to keep Golden Sands Outpost the way it is as a memorial to the people who fought at Golden Sands Outpost. And I want to nominate the Sea Dog Tavern to become a center point where ships can harbor to turn in their loot. I want Golden Sands Outpost to be the same, and I want the Sea Dog Tavern to be the new Golden Sands Outpost. Because Rare doesn't know what's going to happen to it, and no one can tell what could happen to that glorious tavern one day. But it is clear that the sea dogs are leaving. They're going out and they're setting sail for new adventures and even Amaranta has left. And it may be because she is upset with DeMarco and may have sided with Wanda with an A. I love the idea of the Maidens of Sorrow. I love the idea of Golden Sands Outpost uh, remaining the way it is. As long as they keep the Easter eggs there so that players can still visit it and you can still go and uh, uh, get the commendations knocked out for those, I, I want to have that be the case. I also want uh, the Sea Dog Tavern to become uh, of importance. It needs to become important. It's big. It's beautiful. We should be able to go inside. And how beautiful would it be if they managed to do that in Sea of Thieves? It's already there. They just have to work out how to get us inside of it. But if we tell them that we want them to do that, if we get that player choice, if we get that junction point within the community, that decision point within the community, it would be great if we did that. So I love this idea. And I'm hoping that you'll support me in this and know that while Golden Sands Outpost may not look as glorious as it does, the Sea Dog Tavern is still a very pretty area. 
So I've talked about how I want the Sea Dog Tavern to become a new outpost in Golden Sands to be left as its current state, as a memorial to the people that fought there. I've talked about how people are leaving the Sea Dog Tavern to go on to new adventures, especially Amaranta, who may have had a thing for DeMarco, and that may have joined up with uh, Wanda with an A for the Warsmith crew, who uh, are the Maidens of Sorrow in my eyes. Um, and I spoke about how uh, DeMarco had kind of been visited by his father. So DeMarco was visited by his father, the pirate lord, and something happened. Something was said by Ramses to DeMarco that was so important that DeMarco decided that the right thing to do was to actually shut down the arena. Something that he's saddened that his sister doesn't support him on but hopes that one day she will understand the importance of his decision so i wanted to talk a little bit about uh what demarco actually says because uh, if you go and talk to him this is the relevance that i'm talking about right here where we're talking about uh the reaper's bones gaining a new pirate legend faction how you're gonna go down you're gonna drink you're gonna die you're gonna rise back up into a sea of bones uh so when you talk to um Ram, or when you talk to DeMarco, one of the things that you can uh, mess or say to him is you seem a bit pensive. And he says, I must confess, I find myself drawn to the horizon of late. I have taken in this view every morning, but now I enjoy it with fresh eyes, which I think is really interesting because it speaks to how he wants to get back onto the seas. He wants to get involved with the Sea of Thieves. He wants to be drawn into stuff. And he says, I thought I, near, I thought I knew precisely where my life would leave. That all changed with a single visit from my father. He, as far as I know, has not had an opportunity to visit his father in the Sea of Thieves since they got there. And he thought he knew exactly what he wanted. He thought he was happy with the arena. And that one visit from his father changed all of that. If there's one thing in this world that you can be certain of is, is that there is going to be some war between Pirate Lord and Flameheart. We have these two sides right now. They're fighting against each other for control of the Sea of Thieves. And if the Pirate Lord finally gets off his butt and goes out and says that he needs to do something about Flameheart, you can bet he's going to call every name he can to come aid. It's like lighting the beacons of Gondor. Someone has to answer the call. And who better to fight for Pirate Lord than Lissetti and DeMarco, the creators of the PvP group of the arena? So with DeMarco being invested in seeing uh, his sights on the horizon, getting back onto the seas, and Flameheart using the Soul Flame Captains and the Veil to try and break down so he can bring his fleets of ghost ships into the Sea of Thieves. What better way to combat that than the Pirate Lord with his children at his side sailing a fleet of arena ships off into the horizon to battle for the fate of Sea of Thieves? DeMarco says, Ah, but don't concern yourself with me, my friend. Weathering change is like sailing through a great storm. And I love this because I think it's going to call to something in the future. But he goes on to say, In that moment, you may not be able to spy your next destination, but you do not fear. You know that sooner or later, the clouds must part and you will see. There was something that we saw in one of the trailers for season six when we found out 
that we are going to be getting a new type of storm, a maelstrom from what it looks like. Now, we haven't seen this. I imagine this is something that is going to come as a result of uh, the Pirate Legend content that we are waiting on. And I'm hoping that DeMarco's words are prophetic and that the storm that he is talking about is not only one where we are going to have to try and navigate our way without fully understanding the consequences of our actions, which again plays to us and community decision points, junction points throughout the different mysteries and adventures, but us also having to deal with this new maelstrom that's coming to the game that we haven't heard anything about as I hit my microphone in a very bad podcasting fashion. I'm excited for whatever's coming for the rest of the season. I haven't played it. I haven't seen it. I can't wait. But I can tell you that this season is going to be looked back at with much fonder eyes than what many people are considering because we've only seen the first month of it so far. Um, I think that's going to do it with this episode. Nope, I, I take that back. I have to speak about mysteries um, because mysteries aren't in the game yet, which they confirmed. And that it is something that is going to be in conjunction with uh, Christina McGrath's social media team or community management team, as well as the actual development team itself. Uh, they should be coming with the Pirate Legend content later in the season, and it will uncover the, uh, the death of someone from Sea of Thieves. The um, interesting thing here, I think, is that they are looking at mysteries uh, kicking off in season six and that the pirate legend content that we're going to be getting is kind of the follow up to whatever Adventure 3 is about, which we've kind of talked a little bit about in this episode, but I think is going to uh, deal with the Shrouded Ghost, Merrick, the Veil of Ancients, the Flameheart Jr., and Bell. Uh, those are the five five characters that are currently uh, dealing with. I'm very concerned about why Wanda and uh, the potentially Amaranta are gone or, or at least brought into the trailer, the cinematic for Adventure 2, because right now it seems like she understands what's going on. She's not actively engaging uh, with things right now, but it seems like that is going to be something that is on the precipice. We're getting to that point. The last thing that I want to speak on is uh, community servers. Uh, right now, these are going to be something that is directly for uh, SOT channel, as well as affiliate alliances members, as well as content creators. Um, I do not believe I am big enough. Uh, I believe I'm popular enough, but I don't believe I'm big enough to support being able to get a custom server. Right now, everything that they have is all toggles and switches that can be accessed through web-based controls. And they're currently working with uh, people to try and find out what tools they can build in there and then once those tools are kind of finalized trying to give them access to those tools within the game as opposed to through the actual website so i'm glad that they're still working on this and that it's not something that's forgotten it's glad to get it i'm glad to get an update on this uh, and i'm looking forward to what the next actual uh, episode of uh, the the official podcast is because these one hour sit downs are great if you have questions for them or for myself feel free to reach out to us using the hashtag SOT podcast. Uh, it's something that I've been keeping track of that has died down until most recently when people started picking it back up again as a result of the episode. Um, but for a long time, uh, myself and Davram were the only ones that were actually posting to the SOT podcast. Um, 
I'm curious what you think about these community decision points. I'm very happy that they are being left to the Pirate Legends, and I think that the Pirate Legends have a big responsibility to do something that is daring, that is not going to uh, be the expected outcome. Because when they say, you know, there's people that want to watch the world burn, I don't think that that's necessarily the the route that we want to take. I think that the route that we want to take with this is that we want to see Rare do something that is against what would be the easy action here, the easy course to navigate. We want to go into that storm. That's why we're in a pirate game. We're willing to take the hard choices and we want to see what comes up as a result. So very excited to see this um i'm really i'm, I'm just so excited about this i i had it was such a good thing to be able to get this podcast in because some of the conversations that they had revolving around uh wanting to foreshadow stuff with the load screen so that we knew what was coming but we didn't know exactly if it was intended or not uh having them kind of have these three arc uh, three adventure or story arcs, uh, having a, a beginning, a, a, a climax and an end is, is really cool to know like what the ba- what the kind of repetition of this is going. And I hope that the cadence for them is something that is safe enough that they can be able to release this content in a state that feels really solid. Because I know right now we're dealing with big lag spikes on the servers. Uh, content is not nearly as, as polished as I think some of us would like it to be. Uh, but the content is there. And I think that's the point is, is that we're experiencing it, we're enjoying it, and we're having an interesting time with it. But there's definitely points where I would say, let's back off the RNG. Let's make things a little more certain for some of these adventures so that while people do have two weeks to be able to do them, we're not looking for shortcuts to try and make sure that we accomplish the deeds to be able to get the mementos. Because if the RNG is pulling away from the fun factor then the memory that we're trying to create to get these mementos isn't going to be one that is as enjoyable as something like The Hungering Deep. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, the Keelhauled Podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. You can always hit me up on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always watch me on uh, Twitch at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can email the podcast at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of me and speak to me on a regular basis, join the Discord. The link is in the show notes uh, for this episode as well as many other episodes. And we also have a Patreon to make sure that if you want to join in at the end of the month for the Gold Hoarder episodes, there is a tier that gives you access to that as well as a channel in the Discord to be able to have good discussions about what topics you want to talk about at the end of each month. That is not something that is posted on the actual one. So if you're listening to this, this is how you found out about it. So, Pirates, thank you. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020. It's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts from.